Yes, yes, yes. Back again, back again. What's up, people? The Monday it's about people. that time. It's about that time. And let me tell you something. Yes, we sir. have so much in store. What are you saying, Greg? It's been another week. I, I swear this one just flew by. You know, I thought it was going to be one of them situations where the week drags on, but you know, uh, we're, we're here again, yo. I'm telling you, you know what? It just feels like the week just—it literally just slid by me. And like, I know it was like Monday, and I blinked my eyes, and it was the weekend. I'm like, oh, it's podcast time soon, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, come get your fix. Them man there with Greg and Case. One more time, we're back in the building. Glad to have you guys here. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Right. So, what we say now? We starting this. Shall we go back to the news that just came out about basketball? Yeah, you know what? More time. I was waiting for B to come out with something because you know we've been left on a bit of a cliffhanger, and there was a little bit of worry, you know, from people that I spoke to around, you know, the scene that there was just going to be no real conclusion to the season, and that that, that would be the worst case scenario, bro. I think. With that situation there, there would have been about a million questions to answer um, and kind of nowhere to hide kind of thing. So, um, congrats to them for making a decision, even though when we when we tell people that some people might not agree with it, but let's dive into it. Look, you don't have to agree with the decision, especially if you're on quote-unquote the wrong end of it, but of course. you have to respect the fact that this is a situation that no one's ever seen before. And they took it on head on and made a definitive decision and said, we'll live with the consequences. You know, for a lot of people, that's the main thing that they'll go and criticize basketball England about is that they're not decisive. But that's exactly what they're giving you here. So what do you want? Rock in a hard place. That's what I'd say. Yeah, man. So, um, so just for clarity's sake, obviously, with the coronavirus situation, the league was firstly um, suspended. But then... Mm-hmm. After a couple of days, they outright cancelled it, which means uh, where we stood, and I think the date was the 13th of March when they did it, all the fixtures that had not been played, including playoffs and Final Fours and Finals, etc., would not go on. Now, the only exception there is the possibility of playing uh, the Academy Finals. But um, I've still not heard a definitive um, missive about that one, you know, so we don't quite know where we're heading. Uh, But that's an issue for another day. So here's the solution with what they did. Any team that had an outstanding game on the fixtures, in that fixture, each team would receive a point each. Let me see. Um, But any fixture that had been postponed or rearranged and wasn't on the fixtures i.e the teams had not agreed on a date you're getting nothing yep i'll tell you you see that that whole go on go on on. you go go first i think it's right that they do that because someone are taking the piss you know um i know of a game in our division division three north that was postponed due to storm dennis or storm kira one of them and there um And one of the teams was constantly, you know, working, trying to figure out a date for a rearrangement. And the other team just was not playing ball. Yeah. Like, they, it came to the point where it literally looked like they're not trying to play this fixture at all. They just want to, you know, either forfeit or claim one of the two. 
Uh, you know what? Like that's bullshit, yo. Yeah, I mean, with some, with some of the, with some of the teams involved in this whole decision and making, I mean, it, it's some of them it, it'll suit them to a T. Some of them feel unjustified. Um, but like I said, with with such a small amount of time and, and so much decisions to make, um, I don't think basketball England could have come up with anything fairer than they have. Um, so even though it's a hard choice, it's it is what it is. Yeah. So um, obviously, it, this decision affected both ends of the table. Um, so you're left with some interesting situations. Uh, let's go through it league by league. We'll start with uh, start at the top. NBA yep. Division One. Now, yep. okay, the top of the league kind of saw it itself. How oh, that was, I think that Pretty was sure. done at Christmas, if you ask me. Uh, Seoul and Castro's officially a Division One champions. Uh, they finished with 22 wins. No one actually beat them on the court, apart from two BBL teams this season, which was Bristol Flyers and Newcastle Eagles. Now, think about what that means. They need they to be there. Everyone. Yeah, they run through everyone. Maybe after this, uh, this, 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 the performance this season has proven that this league might not be their, their candle. You know, maybe might have to look up to something else. What do you think? Um, I think there's a very good chance of that. You know, uh, it's not just this season though, because this has been building for maybe three, possibly four seasons yeah. with Solon Kestrels bit by yeah. bit. You know, if you look at what they did last season, that was that was a big, big achievement. You know, they won the league and playoffs. Yeah. And I think Worthing won the cup. It was it was literally them two for the whole season. And it could have at one point it looked like it could go either way, but Solon had just that little bit extra about them. But then Solon also went on to take Worthing's captain from them, Brandon Okoronkwo. And mm. that, you know, their point guard, Herm Senior, who was probably the best point guard in the league last season, they only went and replaced him with Ian Smith, who may just have been even better. Right. Yeah. They added Elliot Sentence, of course. Um, they brought in uh, Jonathan Lashley, who's got BBL pedigree about him. They brought back Travis Charles. Like, Solon weren't playing around. They, they, this was not a game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can see in the results that that's what that's what what's the end product of it was. So, twenty-two. And here's what you know is going to miss a lot of people by. Um, I'm looking at the table, right? Out of twenty-two games, they conceded one thousand five hundred seventy-five points. Yeah. One thousand five hundred and seventy-five. Like that is. I don't know what to say about that. That is just defensive superiority. In Division 1, you're conceding less than 72 points a game. Yeah. You don't know what their points difference was? They, well, they had it was nearly 400, 450 points, right? <laughs> That's cute. 400, sorry. About 400 points. About 400 points. That's cute. That's cute. Come on, then. 680. Oh, wow. They're boiling out on the other side of the floor. <laughs> bro, they're just rossing everyone up, bro. That's like, what, 33 points a game plus? Yeah. That's like, that's that like... is... Yo, Sol and Kestrels, all you man there, shout out to you guys, man. You showed us something this season. Now, the other end of the table is where it got a little bit tasty. 
Well, well, well. I don't think it's tasty though when you look at it, Greg. Like, I mean, the argument's sake. I spoke to someone from Westminster Warriors the other day, and obviously they're not happy about how it's ended up. But realistically, your result don't say you're that caliber, in it. No, they don't. And it's it's funny that both teams that are in the bottom two positions, which at the minute is in 14th, you got Liverpool. And in 13th is Westminster Warriors. Those are your relegation positions. Both yeah. are the teams that came up from Division 2 last season. Um, yeah. And that was Liverpool an unbeaten record last largely, season, wasn't it? So, with the, largely the same team that came up from Division 2, undefeated in league and playoffs, Liverpool couldn't quite get out of the blocks. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, to be honest, I thought there was going to be a. I mean, there was a bigger expectation especially for me knowing that how the world they played last season thought they were going to come and at least compete a little bit but like you said they stumbled yeah and it's weird because they had two players Jack Hudson and David Ulf who were picked up by Manchester Giants for the BBL and you know apart from picking up a rather nasty injury Jack Hudson they both you know, they look like they kind of fit in the BBL to a certain extent. I don't know if they're major, major minute starters at the highest level, but yeah. they're not way out of their depth. So what what was it that it just didn't click in Division 1 and with a squad that had a lot of continuity to it? I don't understand. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I know there was there's a few guys that I know that's been there through the season, which were top performers or good performers through last season. But you know, always going up ain't always, you know, ain't always the uh, what it turns out, what what it expects or what they, people expect it to be. And obviously, judge, so judging by the bottom of the table, obviously with Warriors and Liverpool, they were they are quite a few players short of of competing at that level. Yeah, I mean, you know a bit more about the Westminster situation than I do, but uh, I, I don't know where that win or two wins possibly would have come from for them to stay up. Yeah, I mean that was it. That, I mean, he, he was there. He was his. I mean, shout out to John Jay and obviously he's doing a player coach situation over there at Westminster. Um, my 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 opinion on the on the team was, and I'll be honest with you. As much as it might sting me to say, I'm always going to keep it real. They're continuing in terms of the players that they had, or the core players that they had, has always been pretty much the same. But the additional isn't what they needed. You know what I mean? I would say that the recruitment in terms of the additional players wasn't what they needed to, to, to go forward. Yeah, it's difficult for them. Like, in, in just in the immediate area... By the immediate area, I mean like, you know, the 20 to 25 mile radius. They've got Barking Abbey, they've got Leopards in there, mm -hmm. you know, and a couple of the D2 teams, which we'll get to in a minute. But it's, it's hard for them to compete with some of these teams for players. Yeah, no, no, most definitely. And, and again, I will say it's, it's, it's the, the, uh, for years, Warriors have always been, they've lived off, they've lived off their credibility as the statue of the club. But, where these other clubs are evolving in terms of what they can offer players, uh, Westminster Warriors hasn't reached there yet. So enticing players is a lot, lot harder than like and harder than going to that club like Barking Abbey and 
um, even Hemel or whatever, you know what I mean? These teams are surrounded, and Essex is also, it's all, it's all a lot difficult. Yeah, it is tough, and even with Liverpool, it was a weird situation for a few weeks there, where obviously you had the situation, like I mentioned, with Jack Hudson and David Oak moving over to Manchester. Yeah. Um, around that time, I think they, it was a quarter final in the cup they played against Marisco. And yeah. And they, they got absolutely handled in that game. And like before they'd even got home, I opened Facebook. One of the members of the team has gone and, you know, very publicly and dramatically announced his retirement from playing. Really? Yeah. Um,. Those of you who are aware of the situation will remember it. Uh, Mark Rangeley, it was. Um, they took a, they they took a bit of a bad beating from Moscow that day, and you know, obviously with the recent player departures at the time and the result that had just happened, you know, he must have been in his feelings. On you know, you can't account for stuff like that. It happens, but it's just you know, for the guys who remain behind, like you don't, how do they feel about something like that? Oh, that must have been yeah. It's, it's destroyed. It's a, it's a fight of mentality, isn't it? It is, man. Like honestly, I was on the phone texting with one of the guys who played in that game, and he had no idea. He's still driving back home, and I go to wow. "Yo, what the hell happened in the game?" He's like, "What? What are you talking about?" I was like, "Yo, your man's has retired." Just like that. Yeah, it wasn't a very long retirement though, because this guy popped up back on Cheshire Phoenix BBR roster a few weeks after. But you know. Yeah. That's a different situation. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For those who know that situation, you can maybe explain it a little bit better. I can't. But, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what Liverpool look like next season, what Westminster look like next season. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot for them to sort of figure out there for themselves. But it is what it is. Like you're here to compete. If you don't quite cut it, you gotta go back to the drawing board and start again. Snakes and ladders, baby. Snakes and ladders. <laughs> yeah. So that moves us on to Division One women. This one I want to start at the bottom, and I'll tell you why when we get to the reason in a second. All right. Okay. Let's go. Let's um, go ahead. The Loughborough Riders in the bottom spot in 10th position, Barking Abbey London Lions 2 right above them uh, on a similar record to Southwark Pride but on count back, uh, Southwark Pride did just a little bit more than Barking Abbey. Yeah. Um, here's the top and bottom of that situation, you're looking at three very young teams there. Mm. And do not get it twisted. D1 women is competitive. There's some ballers in there. You know, yeah. Case in point, last season's uh, league champions finished in sixth, Bristol Academy Flyers. Look at that. That's interesting, that. So, is Bristol Academy, is that a young team as well, or are they quite. Uh... Um, it's a bit of a mix. Um, they've got a few vets and some decent vets. Um, couple players with WBBL pedigree in there and a couple younger players from their junior program um, so they, they, they've got a balance there but that balance worked in their favour last season where they took the the league title um, yeah. Thames Valley Cavaliers stolen Kestrels amongst the mix as well now 
here's the reason I wanted to start at the bottom. Here's your top three teams. Uh, third position, you have Reading Rockets. In the second, you have Anglia Ruskin University. And in top place, you have Ipswich. Right. Ipswich and Anglia Ruskin have the same number of losses. Though Ipswich, 15 wins. Anglia Ruskin, 14 wins. So Ipswich had played one game more than ARU had at the point that the season was cancelled. Yeah. Which means with the the rules that BE put into place to figure this out, that means that Anglia Ruskin started two points behind Ipswich before all this. Ipswich with their one game remaining were awarded one point. Anglia Ruskin with their two points remaining were awarded two, which meant that Ipswich finished one point in front of Anglia Ruskin for the title. That's a harsh split. And that'll be, it probably will be an arguing point for between the two and, and B, definitely. Um, um it's, it's, it is a tough one because Anglia Ruskin actually had the head to head on Ipswich as well. I mean, I think, like I said, it's going to come out. I mean, don't get me wrong, like you said, and, and like what it's all been done. It is what it is. It's happened. The decision's been made and stuff like that. But you know, as well as I do, there are going to be coaches out there are still going to try and appeal the situation. I mean, uh, I'm talking from a different position, of course, but I really hope not. Like, it's hard. It was hard enough to reach this decision. How are they going to approach an appeal? At BE, you know what I mean? What do you? What exactly do you want them to say and do? Yeah. Yeah, and here, here was the situation with the games remaining. Both Anglia Ruskin and Ipswich had Reading Rockets remaining to play. Remember, Reading in third. They could yeah. well have picked up, e- picked off either or both teams in those games. Yeah. Whilst Anglia Ruskin, their last remaining game after that was, I believe, Southwark Pride, who I would expect them to beat uh, 19 times out of 20. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, that situation would likely, worst case scenario for Anglia Ruskin, would have left them tied on points with Ipswich, and again, the head-to-head in their favour would have put them top. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's difficult, man. Like, I say you have to accept it, it's hard to accept something like that, but, you know, we don't want a situation where we're unnecessarily harsh on the governing body and causing more headache than is necessary with what has been going on. Yeah. So my sympathies definitely go out to them. Um, but again, I, I say, with that being said, we got to take our hats off to the teams in that league for having it be so close in the first place. Yeah. It just, it just, it just seems that all the teams have been very competitive. Um, well, the top four, especially, um, and even the ba- even the bottom three, like you said, the young teams. You know, what I mean, obviously they they they've battled, and you know, unfortunately they're on the wrong side of the table. But you know, it, it's compared, like you said, to the least. And an interesting side note that some people may have missed, but I remember this clearly. This is the second year in a row that Anglia Ruskin have sort of missed out on a league title due to events out of their control. Well, that's a bit unfortunate. Yeah, um, 
last season they had a situation where Bristol Flyers and Loughborough Riders were playing a game where Anglia Ruskin had completed their schedule, I think. And last season's Loughborough team were significantly stronger than this season's to where they they could feasibly feasibly have picked off Bristol. They could have done that. Yeah. Um, but Loughborough did not travel to the fixture and forfeit. You see that word forfeit. <laughs> you see that word forfeit. That's what it was, man. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that that I don't know. Like, I just just I just despise that word forfeit so much. <laughs> yeah, and you know, just just to give the whole situation some context. Not pointing any fingers, I'm just presenting you with facts. So, Loughborough University riders shared a lot of players with Charnwood College riders under 18. Right. I think I heard this Both story. Both teams had away games on the same day that day. Loughborough right. at Bristol and Charnwood at Nottingham Wildcats. Right? Yeah. So, here's the situation. As far as the league title went in Division 1 women, Loughborough had no horse in the race. That was yeah. long gone for them. Whereas in under 18, the league title was still in play. Right, got you. Right, so... Is it completely out of the realms of possibility that a decision was made? Ah... I don't know what to say about that, you know, because really, in truth, it's all speculation, you know, I mean, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's all speculation, but I'm just saying, isn't it? Like, for me, if you're going to play, just play the game and it win, lose, play the game. Forfeits is, I just think forfeits, unless it's an unforeseen circumstance, there's no reason for anyone should want to forfeit a game. Now, again, for the sake of clarity, the reason presented for Love Not Traveling was minibus driver suffered a medical condition I cannot remember. And could not drive. That was so presented. Uh, we're talking about Loughborough here, right? Yeah. Are you sitting there telling me that there's only possibly one middle bus driver, qualified minibus driver in that in that program? I'm not telling you anything. I'm just presenting you with what was put out there. So make of that what you will. Um, that's the situation. But man, that's two tough breaks for Anglia Ruskin in a row. But don't feel too sorry for them because they're back-to-back playoff champions. Shout out to Mike Hanson Morris, man. He's done a great job over there in the time he's been there. Um, strong up-and-coming coach. If you don't know who he is, get to know. We'll look out for them for next season, definitely. All right. All right. So let's move on to Division Two men. Starting the North. Uh, okay. Team Newcastle University finished top of that one with Masco College right behind them. Charmel College riders in third place. Um, slim, and I mean slim possibility that Masco uh, could have had some results going their favour to finish top, but I didn't see it. Newcastle for the, the duration of the season were just the best team in the league. Yeah, it looks comfortable. 16 and 2 looks comfortable. Yeah, Masco did, you know, they pulled off some good wins over the course of the season themselves. Um, not least of all, I think, was a two point or one point win against Manchester Magic at Manchester. Um, 
the details are a little fuzzy, but it was a hell of a game. And, you know, those are the kind of games you need to win on the way to a title if you're going to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah of course, um, yeah. And I'd say below those two teams, Newcastle and Moscow, apart from the very bottom team, Sheffield Ham University, you oh, could not pull up to a game and say such and such is definitely going to win. No, yeah. you couldn't do that. No, no, that's a very tight in between. That could have shifted any way, any direction. Yeah, and I just need to know what the hell happened at Sheffield Ham University, man. That, their record is just, man. I wish I knew. You know, I mean, obviously, we, me being in the university, just you know, I mean, you get to see a few of the players. Uh, but even the university program suffered as well. They wasn't nowhere near as good as they were last season. Nowhere near. Yeah. Um. Owen eighteen record at the point the league was cancelled, and they were minus six hundred and five on points difference. Jesus. It's terrible. That. Leaky is not the answer. Leaky is not the word. Oh, leaky. <laughs> Bro, there's no roof. No roof. It's gone. Blown away. Fully gone. So that's a tough situation. Um, And in a weird kind of twist of fate, there were two Bristol teams in Division 1 North. <laughs> Check that one out. Bristol um, Hurricanes. Oh. Bristol Hurricanes, yeah. 10th place, second from bottom, 6 and 11. Derbyshire Spartans with the same record. Just pipped them. Yeah, and right above that was the other Bristol team, Bristol Academy Flyers, who also had a little bit of youth about them. So tight, yeah, that's tight. Yeah, I I need someone to explain that one to me. There's two Bristol teams in the north, cause anybody know about that structure in basketball England? <laughs> Do you know what that means? Someone has to wake up on a Saturday or Sunday morning to jump into a minibus. To drive from Bristol to Newcastle or from Newcastle to Bristol and back. That's an ouch. That's an ouch. That's an ouch. I swear that's like a five hour drive, five and a half hours or something like that in a minibus. A healthy one. That's absolutely not a healthy one. That is long for me. You know, one day I'm going to make you drive the minibus. You know them ones. But yeah, you know um. What? You see when we were talking about minibus drivers, yeah. I want to say people don't understand how much hard work it is to be a minibus driver, especially when you're cat. <laughs> when you're cat. 62 miles an hour. 62 miles an hour. Do you know how nah, difficult it is? Long. It's long. Especially if you're because a regular driver. University were a relegated team from last season as well, by the way, from Division 1, so they're straight back up. Shout outs to them. Obviously, um, advocate pending. You know what I'm looking forward to next season? Westminster versus Manchester? Nah, bruv. It's North and South. Hey. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. It used to be like for real. D2 was. I forgot about that. A no, that's... from the North, which was Liverpool and Moscow. Yeah. Maybe Birmingham. And everyone else was 30 minutes from London. Yeah, fair enough. I forgot about that split completely, you know that. <laughs> I literally forgot about. Okay, so just to just to 
bring it all around full circle for you. Let's go Division Two South. You know, you should feel a little more comfortable now. These are your zones. Oh, with the with the programs, West Side, yeah, West Side. I think that's a good season for them, considering how they were last season. Um, all these teams, I've been away from London so long. All these teams, Greenhouse Pioneers is in and around. I think they're in and around the same every season. I don't think there's much much change with that. Um, is this meant? Is that a? I think that's a Lithuania team. Is that? Yep, 100%. Okay, so Essex Rebels finished top of Division 2 South. Um, I think the title was actually wrapped up before the cancellation. London Westside in second, BC Medellinus London. Now, as far as I can tell from what I've seen, right. BC Medellinus London are kind of the second coming of London Lithuania. Yes, I would have said that. I would have said that. A lot of the same personalities have shown up at Medellinus that were in Lithuania. Not least of all, Ausridas Petraitis. Yeah. That boy was a problem in D1. Like, for real, for real. It's interesting. They, got just... in fourth. Um, they gave it a good push, man. They gave it a push trying to get um, promotion. They've, they've really been trying for a long, long time to get out of Division 2. But it's never quite clicked for them. And... Obviously, I think it fell off a little bit towards the end of the season, but for much of the season, they were really pushing for that. Yeah. I mean, considering how they finished at the end of last season with that blowout in the final, um, I think they've bounced back pretty well. I think they've bounced mm. back pretty well. Yeah, and you got East London All-Stars, and they're formerly known as NASA. Hmm. Uh, Greenwich Titans, what was that? What was that, Gil? I don't know. If Green- who's, who, I don't even. You know, I'll be honest. I don't even know who's at Greenwich Titans. You know, I have no idea. Um, uh, my guy used to play for Greenwich Titans. He doesn't play anymore. Shout out to Nick Fearon. Uh, he's another guy you, you might want to pay a little bit of attention to as a coach. I'm, I'm just trying to put your people up on game, man. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> and in bottom place, the alma mater. These are my guys. Them Cardiff Met Archers. You hate to see it, but. This is the way basketball goes. Someone goes up, someone goes down. Yeah, I'm surprised you're not as you're not a bit harder. I'm surprised you're not a little bit more hurt than you, you sound, Greg. I mean, you know, swings and roundabouts, baby. They'll be back. Okay, okay. I love the optimistic view. I love it. Right. Um, so now we're getting to Division Two women. By the looks of things. <laughs> Cardiff Met ran away with Division 2 South. Shout out to the alma mater right there. Nice. In case you were wondering why I didn't sound so hurt before, it's because I knew I had that one in the back pocket. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, um, they, they dominated Division 2 South, and I don't use that word lightly. They really, really stood out. And with a young team as well, like the, it's a team based around university students, maybe a veteran here and there, but nothing wild. Like the, the majority of these players, as you can imagine, are 22 and under. That's good, that. That's really good. Shout out to them definitely for that. So, yeah, like they, they have young girls, young girls that know how to play over there. And. That's only going to do them 
massive favors when it comes to the top end with their WBBL setup because they're pushing they're pushing to go up there. That's good. Uh, Brighton were in second right behind them uh, with eight and three record. So Brighton look like they're starting to do something in women's basketball because. I mean, I remember the under-16 team that we competed with a couple years ago when that was fully national. By the way, that was a difficult journey to make from Manchester. But yeah, um, they're, they're really giving a bit of attention to women's basketball down there. And along the coast, you got Southern Kestrel second, seven and four. And shout out to them as well. That's that is a young team. Southern Kestrels. Um, a lot of the juniors from the under 18s playing in that team which is something that they kind of made an emphasis on whereas last season that was probably not the case so shout out to them for making that move what else we got here the north worcester wolves took the title ahead of derbyshire diamonds um with stockport lap was in third behind them stockport entered the league fresh this season yeah um and they have Dozens. I'm not even joking. Dozens players of on roster. Well, quite. You know what? So you get. I mean, in a in a local setup, some of them still play down there. So you've seen a few of them on hand. Um, they've got quite a few shooters there, and some people that can really press to to get baskets. So um, you know what? I'll be honest. That surprised me. That honestly surprised me. But shout out to them definitely for that. Yeah, man, I think, you know, if I'm being completely honest, and I saw a couple of games, not a very good league in terms of quality. Um, unfortunately, you got a top of the table, you got a bottom of the table. Um, Big one for you, Dan. Wrapping up Division 2 women was my club, Lancashire Spinners, 0-11. Probably had an average age of 17 and a half on that team. You, look, they got... Their butts kicked every week, but that's going to serve them well for the years coming ahead. Well, they turned out as well. Yeah, they yeah. didn't. You know, they didn't miss any games. They showed up every week, um, and I think in that particular division, the vast majority of fixtures were fulfilled. I think there was only one round left. Yeah, I can see everyone's pretty much on the same record, apart from Hatters, who finished six and six. I think they completed. Yeah, they completed their schedule. That was a young yeah. team as well. I think Sheffield Hatters. Really. Yeah, I'm not too sure that they had an under-18s uh, team this season, so that was probably it right there, playing in Division 2. So, you know, it's a difficult old situation. Like, local league is probably not good, you know. National league... Might be too hard. Might be too yeah. much for the you know, so... Well, you, you have to find a balance somewhere, and if you get it right, great. If you get it wrong, you just rethink it going ahead. So, lots of teams in Division Three, so we'll just we'll only deal with the league winners, as it were. Um, we'll start in the East, Northamptonshire Titans. No questions to be asked there. They ran roughshod over everybody. I mean, to the point where they put 164 points on the team at one stage. Ridiculous situation. Wow. <laughs> that's a good yeah, record. that's unheard of. So shout out to them, and then your your Midlands champions, Doncaster Eagles. Again, no questions asked there. I think they had it wrapped up. Um, they were much of the season unbeaten, only dropping a result to I think it was University of Wolverhampton late on. But you know, 
that's not to blemish what they were able to achieve this season, man. They've got a strong unit over there. So um, team. Yeah, man. Up in Division 3 North, we've got ourselves, my guys, Lancashire Spinners. Again, no questions to be asked there. We completed our schedule. We'd had it wrapped up for uh, two or three weeks before that. So... Congrats, boss. To see there. Yeah, man. Um, we, we had fun this season, man. We, we, we had a very, very good group of guys. I'm not talking about just how they play as well. You know, they're, they're very good together. Um, yeah, man. We, listen, come see us, innit? You're calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not calling you out. You know who I'm talking to, man. Some of you guys are talking loosely, you know. Hey, listen. If they need the experience or the reality check, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. This isn't the party they came for, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, I won't have too much abuse here. Yeah? <laughs> I said what I said. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Division 3 Southeast. Now, this one had a little bit of controversy to it, not going to lie. Um, Richmond Knights finished top. London Thunder Lewisham, same record. 11-3. But... Lewisham had a game voided, which means that was one more game that they didn't have to get a point from, which means that uh, Richmond finished one point ahead of them. Yeah. Remember, if your game wasn't arranged and wasn't on the fixture list, you get no points from it. So that's what the void means. So if you get yourself sorted out, maybe that's a point you get, and it could come down to head to head or whatever the situation was. So. I don't know what to tell you. And the, and the points difference, Richmond, 239. Lewisham, 238. How tight that is. That's a tight, that's a tight battle, that. Absolutely. Yeah, to the end. Southwark went a million miles behind, 9 and 4. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that league, Southeast, you man there, I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot of weighted games in there. I think you need to do a little bit more of a, a better job of kind of honouring fixtures or trying to get them sorted out. If you want to talk about voided games, let's get into D3 Southwest. Wow, let's get into that. Yeah, Oxford Brooks University finished top of that one, 15 and 1 record. <laughs> and voided two games. Yeah, two games void, man. That's not good. RCT Gladiators, another Welsh team there, 14 and 2 record, one game void. Uh, let me tell you something interesting about RCT Gladiators, right? I check their results from time to time, you know, just scrolling through every D3 result I can find or every senior result I can find. And I noticed something, like 90% of the time on their top three scorers, it's Williams, Williams, Williams. The three brothers. Yeah. So you reckon we're not talking light scores, we're talking 30s, high 20s. Shout out to the Williamses, man. I can't remember all your names, but shout out to you guys, man. You three brothers putting in work on the same team. You love to see it, man. You know, I think I might make an effort to try and make one of next season and see how they really operate, you know. If they're still there, by the way. <laughs> you really trying to drive down to Wales for that? Hey, why not? I've got family there. Kill two birds, one stone. Yeah, so keep that one on top, bro. Don't worry, I got you, bro. <laughs> good looking, man. That's a good time. Good time. Alright, so that's that's kind of our NBL recap of the season. You know, hard for some teams, good for others, but look, it is what it is, man. What do you want anyone to say right now? This is where we're at. Let's just make the most of it going forward. Um, those of you with voided games, fix up. We're not trying fix to see that no more. Up. 
Get it right. Yeah, man. Um, all this quarantining, bro. Like, what, what were you doing on Thursday night? Thursday night. What was I doing on Thursday night? I could tell you I was doing on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> um, were you one of these men that went to your front door and started uh, clapping your hands into the sky? Um, do you want me to be honest with you? I'm gonna be honest, right? And don't hate me for this. I literally fell asleep and I woke up about half past eight and I realized the time. But I went e- I went instantly to social media mm. and I saw a vast amount of people in different areas doing their round of applause. You know, I mean, showing so much love. Um, but in my opinion, this is a little bit of a bit of sweet to that. Right, let, let's, let me ask you the question. What the gratitude is for, what is the gratitude for? The gratitude is for for being on the front line um, and, and obviously dealing with the situation as it comes, right? As far as I can tell. Right, let me ask you a question. What about the people that work in supermarkets? Hmm. See, I didn't even take it that deep. Well, actually, I did take it quite deep, but pause. But that's not how I looked at it. The front line is, yeah, they're there at the medical side of it. But without the people working in the shops and still working on food supplies the abuse that is the people that the checkouts are taking you know what i mean just to ensure that people get work is there not no gratitude for that either that is an angle that i didn't quite consider but you're right so here's here's how i looked at the whole situation and i'm not gonna lie i got a little bit irate i fired off a little thread on twitter about it and it's another one of them situations i said what i said obviously nhs staff and by the way, when I say NHS staff, I'm talking about the doctors, the nurses, the junior doctors, the student doctors, the student nurses, the porters, yeah. everybody, all of them, not missing anyone out. Like They deserve gratitude. They deserve respect. They're not safe right now working under these conditions. I get it. But what does your round of applause mean on Thursday night when back in December... You lot walked your asses to your polling stations to right. work with a man there that wanted right. to tear down the NHS and you didn't right. really think about that because you were mad about Brexit. Right. Right. Well said. Well said. You know what? I stand by with you. And, you know, and, and that was something I was going to mention but you got there first. You know, this is why I called it bittersweets. This is why I call it bittersweet. You're applauding something that you help nearly help self-destruct. Well, pretty much have self-destruct. It's like Sorry. it took what people now think is damn near the end of the world for certain people to sit there like, and it just needs funding, you know? This has been in place for such a long time as something that they've been trying to do. Now it's literally got people kind of eating away at the NHS, trying to privatise it and all of this stuff. And they've been doing it on low, you know, bit by bit, just piece by piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, I've got, I had no respect for that there. Like, you're, you're really going to have all the cheek to be there, round of applause. Oh, I feel so proud Britain as a nation came to, huh? You voted for the Conservatives' blood. That disqualifies you from making that statement. A lot of double standards going on when this whole thing took place. And I'm not trusting nobody out there because 
there's people I know you live in areas with Tory MPs. No, I didn't vote. Everyone's saying they didn't vote Tory, but you got a Tory MP. Someone's lying. Someone's lying. Someone's lying. And because I can't tell who's lying, I don't trust none of you, man. What will a victim? disgusting. And you want to talk about a round of applause, yeah? Remember when Tory MP stood up in Parliament and gave a round of applause because they voted down giving a pay rise to NHS nurses? There's a round of applause for you. Sad, man. Sad. A lot of you guys yeah, out there. I swear, if I wasn't a Christian. <laughs> you guys know who you are out there. You know, you can't be trying around trying to give good round of applause when you were part of the problem in the beginning. You know, and and this is the problem and that we're gonna. Yo, listen, large up Jeremy Corbyn. He came out with some fire this week. Like, True. what what did he say? He said I was denounced as someone who just wanted to throw money at everything, who didn't know what he was talking about, and wanted to bankrupt the country because I wanted to invest more in our public services. What about now? Everyone's got nothing to say, but don't lash out just for the sake of it because they got too much pride to admit. Too much pride to admit. Similar situation in the states as well, isn't it? Everyone, the Obamacare is abolished now. Everybody's screaming for it. And don't think I don't know what these men were doing. Like you have to think strategically, right? Yeah. That thing there, what you just called Obamacare, it's called the Affordable Care Act, right? Yeah. Who called it Obamacare? Senate Republicans are the ones who started calling it Obamacare. You want to ask yourself, why did they do that? You you actually went quite deeper than I would expect. And I know why they did that. It's real simple. Like, think of the the psychology of a partisan voter, especially an American partisan voter. These men are not too smart, bro. I said it. What? Um, All they wanted to do is every time, you know a republican partisan voter thinks of the affordable care act the first thing they think of is what barack obama barack obama bear in mind they spent how many years calling this man uh an antichrist uh claiming he wasn't even born in the united states so you already know that there was an irrational and deep hatred of this man amongst a certain demographic yeah so by dubbing the Affordable Care Act Obamacare, all they've done there is made sure that their base will never look at it on face value for what it actually is and even try and understand what it is. It's just Obama socialism. Yeah. Yeah. Damn man yeah. is slick, you know. Politicians life. What can you do? What yeah, can you do? so I listen, I'm saying it here and I'm saying it now. All you men that were at your doors clapping for the NHS, if you gave a round of applause for the NHS and voted conservative, you're an idiot. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. We don't lie. We As tell I say truth. every week, you want you want to say something at me, come at me directly, bro. I got to smoke for you at Coach MGM. Speak it, speak it free, man. Coach MGM at Development Case. Or follow them and they on Twitter. Got anything to say? Say your views. We can get it out. We can get it out. Yeah, man. So that that brings up another sort of question, like patriotism. Right. What is this shit? What is patriotism? Are Are you a patriot? Hell no. I'm not a patriot. Like, I don't understand that mentality. Like, how? 
you really think I'm just gonna ride for random man just cause we were born on the same patch of dirt doesn't work like that can't do that you know can't do that you can't call yourself a patriot because you know what I mean some of what they're trying to put in place is not benefiting you in the slightest so how can you ride for someone and you're not getting fully looked after and that's the thing about it like you know it's so one-sided this patriotism thing do it for your country okay fair enough why are there people from the armed services sleeping on the streets where's the kid very patriotic right no look you can't look after the ones that fought on the front line to make this city or this country a better place that you want to deem yourself a patriot a hero you got full love for your country like what 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 i'm trying to understand this what could you love quote unquote about your country it's a randomly demarcated area of land i mean i got my views in it why i don't i can't i can't be that i could never be a patriot for my country and that's not saying that individual people may not may not be responsible for certain things that happen but in the same sense you don't do all that the, the country doesn't do all it can to, to, to help any individual be in a better situation yeah and le- looking at it in a sporting sense which is you know i know very very different but my situation is if i was an elite elite athlete there are three countries right now that i could potentially represent like it's just it's so arbitrary and stupid yeah. like forget all this nation stuff right before you go about talking about all this patriotism malarkey let's start on your own street that you live on yep do you let on to your neighbors in the morning when you see them do you wave at them do you buy the newspaper you make them a cup of tea <laughs> And you're on the way to the shops you just not yo do you need anything from the like you need some milk or something i'm going to the shops you want me to collect you some bread what you know do you do that nothing like that you know what as funny as you say that because even as it is right now even as it is right now in this situation this crisis ain't nobody showing no patriotism right now because the person next to you has to have something or you're giving me something or you deal with them a certain way Oh, bro, don't get me started. And the, <laughs> the people them that would try and get you convinced that they're the most patriotic, these Americans. Here's what's happening right now. Um, Mayor Cuomo or Governor Cuomo, which one is it? Of New York. Right. He came out like he was upset the other day. He's saying there is a bidding war going on between states for ventilators for patients who were affected by coronavirus. Um, and this bidding war has caused the price to go up 105% plus. There go your patriots right there. Price in life. I mean, there's no good way of looking at it. You know, I mean, those, those, there's not, like I said, there's those people that believe they're down for the cause until something goes wrong. Yeah, but what's the cause though? Here's what, what is the cause? There's no cause. There is no cause. There's no cause in it. There is no cause. Yeah, you live in a country, there is no cause. There is no cause at all. But people look at it like that and say, yeah, I'm 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 UK or Great Britain or London or England until until England shits on them. And then it's fuck England. 
excuse my language. Now go off, look. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm just, I'm, so, I'm, I'm just saying the word in itself, whatever it means, like, and I'll, I'll go out on a limb here and I'll say 60, 50, 60% of the country, it's non-existent. It's non-existent. I can tell you right now that some of these super British men, you know the ones with the flag on their calf and that? Them yeah. there couldn't tell you the first thing about what British identity actually is. Well, you asked them, they'd be like, I, I don't know, like, I, just, you know I mean, I, I just did it. <laughs> Yo, like, miss me with it. I, I don't want to hear nothing about patriotism. You know, UK this, Europe that. Bro, just be a person. Just be a human being. Just be you. Like, why? Why should you just decide that you don't like that man there because he's from I don't know Macedonia? What's I got to do with anything? Okay, hard to communicate. You don't speak the same language. That's different. Doesn't mean you can't get on. Doesn't mean he can't benefit you. Don't mean he can't benefit him. You don't need to be that way. Yeah. So like, it's it's a problem when like in this country in the United States you got. Really, it's your two-party system. That means everything is black and white. There's no grey. There have to be enough parties, bro. Trust me on this one. Yeah. But hey, let's get back to sports, man. Let's get back to sports. Uh, it's not everyday basketball, you know. Nah, it's not everyday basketball. Sometimes we dip into different. You know what? I guarantee one of these, one of these, these episodes that we're gonna have, we're gonna, we're gonna dip into rugby hard, rugby, cricket. Listen, that's I've played rugby before. That's my thing right there. I'm ready when you're on it. Yeah, yeah we can do that. Things are getting a little bit sticky in Formula One. Hey, I've been reading up on the news that the last few days, and it's quite interesting to see what's happening there. But in 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 the defence to, to to Mr. Hamilton, um, shout to Mr. Hamilton if he decided to leave. I could actually sympathise with him. Um, okay, uh, so obviously the Formula One season, obviously races are dropping like flies right now because of coronavirus. Um, and they're saying Silverstone, they have to make a decision now because it takes like 12 weeks to set it up. Flipping out. Um, but Lewis Hamilton has been at Mercedes for what now? Seven years? Yep. Before that, he was at McLaren 4-6. 2007, yeah. He was a McLaren for six, so he's already been on two teams. He came in, and as a young driver said, very early, he'd love to one day drive for Ferrari. You know, it kind of makes sense. They're the marquee brand in the sport, all that kind of good stuff. But as far as his racing career goes, and I'm not even talking about just Formula One, the majority of his racing career, he's been raised by Mercedes in different forms like it was McLaren Mercedes at first and then obviously that relationship with McLaren and Mercedes went two different ways and then he actually yeah. ended up on the works Mercedes team which he's on now yeah. so he's been a Mercedes driver for like what 20 years now yeah more possibly so how, yeah. how does he when it comes to that point how does he actually remove himself from what is essentially his racing family <laughs> well you know as well as i do greg in this situation there's there's, there's two sides of the story and we know what has been posted and what's on what's viral and then there's the inside spec of it all 
to, to leave something like that from such a long time, it, it's not going to be the hardest. It's not going to be the easiest decision. You know that, okay? But there's so much elements here at play. So many elements here at play. The what's the new? The new? The new constructor is it? Is that Aston Martin? Aston Martin. Yeah, I think. Who, who are they replacing? Um, I'm not quite sure who they're replacing. Let's take a look. I think it's um, the team that was owned by Lance Stroll's father. What were they called? Haas. Yeah. Okay. So Aston Martin's coming in. Okay. Yeah. Who's to say? I mean, with him in situation, I think what what um, he's had. Let's say, look, he's had six six great years or well, fantastic standout years in the last five. The last six years, he's had five 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 fantastic years. Yeah. Not to mention this year, which was his highest. Uh, points return in terms of being a driver's champion okay um he's 35 now which kind of shocked the fuck out of me <laughs> yeah i did not it's know been about, that. you know i did not know that <laughs> yeah but it's like in any other sport when, when you when you when you when you when you come to an end of a reign or you've been in a situation you kind of ponder and and, and kind of go for what's the best situation for you as you're coming to your later stage yeah i mean and I'll be fair. We're just we're looking at this all from Lewis Hamilton's perspective. There's the other end to consider. Really, if you're Mercedes, can you let him walk? I, I mean, if, I was, if, if if he's pretty much shown that he's the brand, so obviously there is going to be some 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 splashback if he if he walks, and you should be going out on a limb to do everything you could to keep him there. But from what I'm hearing in the, in the ranks, there there's a lot going on behind the scenes in Mercedes at the moment yeah and it's obviously it's easy for me to say something like this because I'm not cutting no checks I'm not responsible for none of that but if I was in charge of Mercedes I'd be doing everything within my power to hold on to Lewis Hamilton for as long as I can hopefully to the end of his career because like if you're not replacing him with say Max Verstappen who are you replacing him with that's the question. Who's there? They've got what's his name? Is he got what's it? They got um, what's that guy? That kid's name? Um, is it Bottas? not leaving Ferrari. Who's there? Is it Bottas? Is there? Yeah. Is he there? Yeah, Valtteri Bottas is the other Mercedes driver. Yeah, I mean, Lando Norris is up to the job. I've not seen enough. You know, I don't, I don't know if you're a Mercedes. By the way, used to winning used to winning all right who do you replace him with i think they've won five constructors titles in a row five in a row no six i think i think it's Possibly six five or six um no it can't five, be six yeah. can't be six because hamilton's yeah, first year there or second oh yeah first year there was a struggle still yeah. um so four hamilton titles the last three of them in a row and one nico rosberg title for drivers and five constructors in a row so wow. that's all they know really for the, the recent history is winning how do you go from that to relatively falling off a little bit it's a it's a it's a very difficult one to answer um obviously you know how things go in terms of players and structures and whatever you you have you build something fantastic for a couple of years and then it's your turn to to lose or if you will start start take take, take, take a setback start again um, if he decides to go if he is actually going obviously it's going to be a hit um, but I guess they're relying on who they got right now maybe if they can bring someone else in they can still keep it um, 
keep it quite competitive, but I don't see it being as big as a brand it was if the Hamilton leaves. Yeah, I don't, I don't, on a personal level, I really, I don't want to see him in Ferrari colours. I don't want to see that. <laughs> no, I'm being well, serious. Like, it would be like... It, and I, I, I've made this comparison a long time ago, right? Lewis Hamilton, and I'm going to say it, is as much as Schumacher. Like, they're the same. They're one and the same. And I don't mean in terms of obviously their driving. Their driving is is it's got no fear factor. They're not scared of certain situations. That's yeah, where they have. Bro, them men are reckless, you know. You understand what I'm saying? There's that psychological edge, that no fear factor, which people might take a precaution to, which he won't. And same that was with Schumacher. Schumacher would push people until they fold. And and that's the same thing with Lewis Hamilton. So if he goes in those Ferrari colours, all it is is an emulation of. Schumacher, you know, um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But it I mean, also it is. Well, I'll make this differentiation. Michael Schumacher often crossed the line uh, as far as legal, illegal went in terms of some of the things he did on the track. Don't forget yeah. that you know, what he did to Rubens Barrichello. You know that was could have killed a man. Yeah. You know, tried yeah. to put him in the wall. Um, I don't think Hamilton's ever done anything quite like that, but he's got this driving style where it's like, you get to a corner and he's kind of saying to you, look, make a decision. Are we crashing or not? It's in your hands. That's exactly, exactly. And he leaves it up to you to make that decision because he's, you know, he's not backing off. No, he's not. No, he's not. And, And that gives him that edge over a lot of these drivers. Bro, that could never be me. I ain't got those kind of balls, bro. Nah. So there's no time to play chicken at 200 miles an hour, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, not in the slightest. No. Like, can I have a quick Lewis Hamilton appreciation moment, bro? Like, this guy is the real deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, how old is he? You said 35? 35 years old. He's had a 13-year career up to now. Um... 13 years, six titles, 2008, 2014, 2015, and three years in a row, 2017, 18, 19. Um, he's finished second twice, which includes, by the way, his very first year in the sport. Yeah. Right? Second place. There have been 10 British uh, drivers to win Formula One titles, right? Those 10 drivers took what? Let me see. 57 years to win 12 titles yeah and he's come wrapped up half of that in it what in nine like it's 13 is it 13 yeah yeah sorry 13 sorry 13. he's won 84 races been on the podium 151 times been in pole position 88 times yeah right and you know he finished second in his rookie season Part of that was because of his teammate, you know, his teammate was hating. That's not a good chemistry, man. When you've yeah, got a teammate Fernando that... Alonso, remember, Fernando Alonso just won the world title the previous year. Yeah. For Renault? Yeah. Um, he moves to McLaren, big money move. At the same time, McLaren are promoting Lewis Hamilton from the junior formula. Obviously, Alonso thought, yeah, I'm going to be the man, innit? But famously, 
McLaren never appointed number one or number two drivers. Slug it out. And I think that's the best way, that's a fair way to do it. That's the way they've always been. Fair way to do it. Alonso was caught lacking. Like he did not expect this from this kid. The kid came out firing. And Alonso was a little bit bitter. Like he was salty. Just one of the things he did, right? Yeah. The Hungarian Grand Prix of 2007, with Hamilton right behind him waiting to change tyres or refuel or whatever it was, Alonso parked in the pit box, just held Hamilton behind him. No need for all of that. Yeah, that meant that he couldn't go out and set a better qualifying time. Um, Just, you know, just flexing his perceived status in the team, essentially. It didn't work in his favour, like he was demoted. And Hamilton started first in that Grand Prix anyway, but that's the kind of stuff he was dealing with. Yeah. And it's always been the case that Hamilton's teammate has been his closest rival. Look at Nico Rosberg. You know, these are guys, they knew each other from kids, bro. Like, they were kind together back in 2000. Um, and then they became teammates at Mercedes in 2013. But Hamilton, again, constantly just whipped this boy. While they were teammates, Hamilton won 32 races, Rosberg 22. On the podium, 55 times, Rosberg 50. And qualified 42 times ahead of Rosberg, where Rosberg qualified in front of Hamilton only 36 times. Wow. Why is he not Sir Lewis? Hey, I'm surprised he isn't, because they give out that knighthood shit quite easy. Excuse my language. Yeah? They give out that knighthood knight, that knighthood quite sim- easy right now. They've been giving out hell uh, I just want to point something out, Michael. Go on. You know we got that little explicit content tag, yeah? Yeah. Bro, it's just a natural reaction, isn't it? <laughs> it's a natural reaction, isn't it? It's a natural reaction. Yeah. But you know what I'm going to be... Uh, and just, just to go off topic just a second. Yeah. Before, if you, if you asked me about five years ago, I could probably swear in every other word I say. Now it, it, it's beyond me, man. <laughs> it was beyond me, man. <laughs> Uh, man. It, it, listen, it just comes out sometimes depending on what it is I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hate. It. I hate. It. So, I but hate yeah, it. listen, Lewis Hamilton, you are the guy. I think. Luke, sir. You, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna say it. He's bigger than Andy Murray in British sports for me. Yeah, you know what it is, Andy Murray. He was great up until he won the Wimbledon and then the injury, and then now he just uh, he's just a British entity, bro. That's it. But he was never the best in his sport, was he? No, he wasn't. And, and you know what? He, he wasn't. He slugged it out. He slugged out his results. It wasn't like a, you know, and I'll say it. It wasn't a Roger Federer, man. Roger Federer was just like, that's a finesse game player. Yeah, and I do feel for the guy, like, he's, he emerged at a time where tennis has never been better. Think about it. You got three of the top five players of all time playing at the same time. Yeah. That's mad. Like obviously, you got Federer, Nadal, and of course, Novak Djokovic. Djokovic is and to this day, I still don't know which of those three is the best. It's hard because they take, they take, they, they scalp each other on a regular, don't they? They scalp each other on a regular. No, obviously, none, none of them men want to see Nadal on clay. No, with that one big left hand. <laughs> Nadal's beating Federer on grass He's beating him on hard court Djokovic is more the all-rounder Pretty weak on clay, I think But he's more the all-rounder 
So, yeah. but how how do you say who's the best? Obviously, Federer for the time being has the most Grand Slams, etc., etc. But but Federer, like I said, in it for me, he, I mean, he's the oldest out of three of them, right? Yeah. But Federer, it's just for me, it's his gameplay is just it's finesse. It's like you know, like you're watching someone that has no strain, like no pressure, what they do, like just flopping throws. His IQ is yeah. phenomenal. And Djokovic and Murray are a week apart in age, you know. Look at that. Well, that's a topic for next year. I mean, I for next week in terms of the development of sport in the UK, where we are to the rest of the world. Yeah, and here's the thing, you know, the Grand Slam argument. Yeah. I uh, here's my thing. The Grand Slam argument is all good and proper. Who won the most Grand Slams? But for me, until someone comes along and improves on this, I'll always say Jack Nicklaus, golf is the greatest like individual sport athlete that i've ever heard of seriously more than better than tag even if tiger woods wins his 19 grand slams he ain't gonna be no jack near class let me tell you why all right so you you understand how golf is golf can be great one week awful the next right it's like that yeah Jack Nicklaus has 18 majors, as they call them in golf, Grand Slams, tennis, whatever. Yeah. He has 19 second place finishes in majors. Okay. In golf. Yeah. That is consistency unheard of. Of course. Ones and twos all the way. Yeah. I guess tonight. Titles, 19 second places. Raw. He's always been amongst the elite. But then, oh, yeah, no, no, I would, with the argument compared to him and, and Tiger Woods, I would obviously just definitely say he's on top because with Tiger Woods, obviously, he's had so much uh, inside the sport and outside the sport. He's the I'll say it like that. Inside the sport, outside the sport, he's taking the clients, okay? So he's been affected. He's been affected. Yes, come on. He's been affected. You know, yes. Yeah, man. Listen, Tiger Woods came to golf at all times, though, bro. Yeah. Even when he was cheating, bro. 18 women? Yeah, this, but this is what I'm trying to say. He got caught out. After that, he went on his little slump. And he still hasn't recovered from it. And I don't think he'll ever will. Case. 18 oh. gal, bro. Oh, I, I don't agree with that. I feel like it's unethical, very disrespectful, and no respect for women. Why? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna move on, bro, because I can okay. I can talk about Tiger Woods all day. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Lewis Hamilton, man. Uh, I love this guy. <laughs> uh, right. So this happens quite a lot every season, but I feel like it's happening more and more now. Yeah. Um, you got British kids that go to the states to play ball. You know, it's. For a lot of them, a lifelong dream, I guess. You know, I mean, let them tell it. Yeah. I'm seeing too many kids transferring after one year when they go over there. Right. I don't like it, you know. But what do you think the reason is, though? Obviously, without knowing the particular ins and outs of everyone's situation, you're speculating from the outside, but... My estimation from where I'm standing is you made initially a bad decision or based your decision on poor reasons. So you end up in a poor situation, 
it's not what you thought it was. Yeah. You're not playing as much as you thought you were going to be. The team's mm-hmm. not as good. You don't vibe with it. Whatever it is. So you mm-hmm. just want to move to a different situation after that. So here's my thing. If you made a better decision to begin with, did a bit more research and used, yeah. you know, clearer and better criteria for how you yeah. end up where you end up, you don't have to end up bouncing around. Yeah, and, and it's good you say that Greg, because you know what? There's like you said, there's a lot of people that the decision that they're making. Like for example, you'll have let's say you have a you'll have you'll have let's say you got three teams on the table. Okay, three teams on the table. One D one, well one D two, one D three. No, one D two, two D three. People automatically are drawn to the D two, right? Because of the tier. What some people oh, so don't you under- took the D1 off the table, yeah? I've taken the D1 off the table, yeah. So okay. D2, D3, and D3, yeah? But they've taken the D2 because of the criteria D2, this is what's that. But what they're not looking at is, is it, is that's where I need to be? Is that better suited for me? You know? And like you said, it's the research, isn't it? The style of the play, what they do, how you fit in, where would your position be, and all this stuff, and asking the right questions and stuff like that. And... I think that could be a that that is a that's another reason to why you're getting people that decide after one season, no, I, I need to defer or I need to go somewhere else and, and look at another option. The other side of it is I think is is the is the mentality. The mentality to, to push. I could be wrong. Yes. Hundred percent. Now, okay, if, if it's just an awful situation, don't stay there. I understand. I understand. But here's the other thing. Would it be the worst thing in the world to, to decide that this is maybe just not for me? I thought it was. Bring your ass home. Even that. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. Like, we, uh, sh- shout out to this kid, man. Um, We picked up Jackson Rowe after Christmas very late to the deadline. Like barely got it over the line. He'd been in the States for four years, I think. Yeah, four years. And started off in high school, did the prep thing, ended up at a college. While he was in his freshman year this past season, he, you know, he finally decided, you know what? No, it's not for me, you know, I don't like it here. Came home. See, that's honesty right there. There's honesty right there, and there's no harm in that. You know, he could have forced it, stayed out there, tried to make whatever he did out of it. But what's happening to your mental health? What's happening to your love for the game? You know, your self-value, all that kind of stuff. What's happening to all of that? You start to become disinterested. It's not for you. It's it's no longer a a thing that you enjoy anymore, you know? I think, crucially for me, here's a message I want to give all you guys out there forget about whoever's out there and what they may or may not say or think about you when it comes to these decisions yeah it's you are you built for this are you built to be waking up 5 30 in the morning forcing down some oatmeal going to lift going to shoot showering going to eat a little bit of a proper breakfast going to class going maybe having a nap for an hour doing homework whatever it is going to practice and do it all again the next day on probably five hours sleep 
are you built for that and there's no harm in saying you're not you know because the more you're more the more you're honest with yourself is the more you progress 100% man because it's, it's sad I'm seeing so many different kids and it's just like another one another one another one it's always I mean it's always been Greg it's always been up against a British person to go to the States you know that I know that you're going there and you're taking a scholarship away from one person out there and they need to know why they need to know why so unless you're there you're, you're ready to answer that question why are you coming here unless you're ready to answer that question you, you really need to evaluate evaluate what you want to do and if it's the right choice for you yeah man i mean does you find look for advice when you're trying to figure out this decision because it's very important you know there's so much trust me there's so much that you have no idea to even start considering about this process so you you miss it for sure you know so find your level find your fit and make sure it's what you really want don't have status anxiety status anxiety is where you're doing it because of the conversation around you you know people go why didn't you go to the states well none of your business first of all mm. you know let's start there um, but regardless of that just you have to make sure you're in the right situation for you and i'm talking yeah. everything about you know your living arrangements you know other coaches right for you other teammates people that you think you can vibe with is the area somewhere you can see yourself living for the next four years all of that has to come into it and that's before you even start talking about bouncing a flipping basketball absolutely absolutely so guys man be careful stop getting caught up in these situations man it's not a good look living in the moment don't live in the moment live for a lifetime don't go D1 if you're not really D1 like that. If you're borderline D1, do not go. No, As just drop down. Do, if you're borderline, do not go to D1 if you're borderline. Drop down and make it make it count. Drop down and make it count. Like, don't get it twisted. There's D2 teams in non-conference schedules knocking off these D1 teams. So it's still really, really high-level basketball. Absolutely. Like, and I know the best players player we have in this country, Joe Leadham. She's yeah. a Division Two NCAA legend. Trust me when I say this. D two legend. Look at that. Read up on it if you need to. I'm not gonna get into the numbers and all them things there on today's episode, but believe me when I say you're dealing with a legend when you talk about Joe Leadham in D two NCAA. Trust me, Daddy. Trust me, Daddy. speaking of that (laughs) the lingo let's talk beef bro beef beef on a sunday let's talk beef bro let's talk beef obviously guys you know that when we we do it here we 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 tap into everything you know i mean it could be a tv show one day it could be an opera the next um it could be what's going on in the streets of london or the uk um, wait so some things go on this man say opera yeah I said opera we can, we're gonna go deep one of these days me and you we're gonna go deep pause we'll go deep no homo pause whatever it comes under the sun I'm, I'm telling you now Arnold Emilio if you say anything yeah if you say anything alright so let's get into this my brother right we have an up 
upcoming beef. This is a compromising area for me, but obviously I'm a grown folk, so it is what it is. All right, so we have Fredo from West London, Northwest London, um, Mozart Estate area, and we have C Biz from South Kilburn. Okay. What did you make of this? What did I make of it? What did you make of it? Uh, okay. First of all, sometimes not 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 all the time, but sometimes, brother, I like the spice. You get me? Yeah. So it was just pure entertainment. But once I got past that, bro, see, busy, you're a big man, you know. Right. You cannot be moving like this. Right. Okay. And for those who don't understand, so let's just give you a backdrop on this. So, Fredo came on uh, on social media on Instagram Live and was talking about jewels and and, and this flossing lifestyle. What he did was he started to in he started to call out people and accuse them of purchasing purchasing fake diamonds. Now. The company that they, they he's accusing of distributing his fake diamonds is Kingpin Clarity. Kingpin Clarity. Raw, uh, you raw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blasted them, you know. He, he he tried to call them out and said that they sell fake diamonds. Now I'm gonna be honest, right? I done some search on this and I'm not taking sides, but I don't think that's the case. Okay. But for, for some reason, Fredo thinks Kim Pinkleri is selling fake diamonds. And he's saying that certain guys are going and buying their fake jewels from there. And, uh, you know what I mean? And flossing like their real stones, etc, etc. So, obviously, as the word's gone out, obviously, he's targeting such artists as, uh, as CBiz from ER Entertainment. CBiz has got hold of this information and he's literally gone from zero to a hundred. <laughs> you know, over the diamonds talk. You know, um, I don't like to, I'll quote unquote certain things, you know what I mean? You don't want to see me in the street. Suck your mother. Mm, suck, mm, mm. suck that mother. Suck that mother. Every word was suck that mother. <laughs> yeah, you're going to end up like such and such, such and such. Now, I'm not calling out a certain man. It's only because I grew up with him, so I can't really do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're talking about Zeno. Yeah, right. So you know, I came from. I'm gonna be honest. I came from Churchill, Northwest London, North Ten. I grew up in that same era with Zeno and everyone else. You know, I mean, obviously as we got older, we're in our separate ways and so forth, so forth. Okay, so I don't know the ins and outs of these beefs and stuff like that. But um, for me, if you've got an issue with an individual, like why would you go looking for smoke at the same time? Like why are you trying to call out other people at the same time? Like me and you have an argument, Greg. If I sit to your diamond's face, you're gonna tell me to shut my mouth. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. You know, yeah, you might feel because of your street kid you're offended and you've got a reputation to uphold. And this is the thing that get people in these youngsters and everyone else in trouble these days. It's the the self-preservation. The self-preservation to say, nah, I can't be looking like a dickhead. I've got to show people I'm about that life. Sounds like your man's. So in this situation here, obviously, yeah, it's going off. Seabiz uh, has gone and chested his diamonds live on Instagram. You know what I mean? Still going on, still going on. And even the other day, he posted another one. <laughs> he posted another one. And this one's saying now that how Fredo hires his diamonds. And then after he hires them and takes them back to the shop, the Judah sells the diamonds. Yeah, bro. Is it worth it? 
Is it Hell, bro, first of all, you are not catching me buying no jewels like that. Number one, I don't like the look. Number two, bro, you're just calling all the wolves. All the wolves. Exactly, all the wolves. You talk about him, but then you're trying to call out other people that have been involved in certain situations. You're calling them out. Like, and I think, see, I think CBS might be kind of. I don't know, like, part of it, because he said something, he said he quoted something, and he said, I'm the reason people put me in the newspaper to scare people like you. Like, this is what he said, and they put me in the newspaper to scare people like you, because I'm psychotic, I'm a madman. Is there an element where he feels like he's untouchable, like Tupac, bro? Where's Tupac, by the way? Right, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it there. You know what I mean? For me, it's not that deep, innit? If, if, if man called you out on your thing, just prove it like you proved it and move forward in it like don't let self-preservation put you in a situation you know what i mean we have enough young people dying and passing away you know what i mean for unnecessary situations and it doesn't need to be extended or or any any more of that situation um also on that note i would like to say um obviously you heard about bugs and long the other day in this car accident yeah it's Bike accident. Bike. bike accident sorry i've even seen the footage did you see the footage no i i actively avoid them things there okay well it it on it looks pretty bad we do hope he has a speedy recovery you know what i mean obviously um nobody deserves to be in that situation but again it, what really happened we don't know yeah yo bruv like you will never ever 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 catch your boy on a motorbike let's just start there hell nah cuz i'm shook it wasn't even that it was a what he had the, the three wheel ones or the two wheels at the front and one at the back that one i don't know what they call that nah it's still one of them ones to me bro i am not on it bro what if you even like, just to even see it on the on the cctv that collision was crazy crazy Guys, let's stay off the bikes, bro. Like, I, I, I fear those things like bad. Death traps, death traps. I've lost quite a few friends on, on bikes, and I, I don't. It's never a nice feeling. Shall yeah, we lighten the mood? Yeah, let's lighten the mood, man. While we're talking about music, let's get into music, cuz. Let's talk music. Okay, obviously, so. with you know, we've got nothing else to do. I'm, I'm podcasted out of my mind, bro. I'm listening to about, on average. Eight to ten podcasts a day. I swear to God, it's a lot of time. In between that time, I break it up with a little bit of music. And this past week, I've been getting into posse cuts. Ah, now, interesting. I I appreciate posse cuts in a different way because, like, when I was young, growing up, you used to have groups, hip hop groups. You know, the one that most people will probably recognize is Wu Tang. Yeah. But you also had. MOP, you had Mob Deep, you had Outcast, you had the Ghetto Boys, um, so many Run DMC. So this was a thing in hip hop back then. Start down a lot, but what you started to get in place of that was just a group, a big group of rappers coming in on this on the same track and shelling, not yeah. part of a clique or nothing. But just no. coming on the same track and killing, bro. Like, I love them kind of tracks there. Those tracks are... 
So do you know how those tracks work out? Yeah, they normally put the the uh, the best the best lyricists at the end. It, it was known that they put the best lyricists. They usually, I mean, before it wasn't like that. It was like a person whose album it was on. They would be the last person to spit or the in between. But I think it came to a stage at some point where they decided to say, yeah, you know what? When they're shelling this posse cut and all that, it's the person with the best lyrics that goes at the end. Yeah, things things are a little bit booky now because Mandem are redoing their verses after they hear each other's verses these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. I don't know where that situation with um, what was it, Cannabis and LL? I was just about to say that. I know where that's shown from. <laughs> I know where that's shown from. <laughs> like, don't do that, man. Like, if someone if someone hands you some bars, you have to take it. Hey, I know one person who did. Mm. That goes back to our argument the other day about Jay Z and Eminem. What are you saying right now? Well, Renegades, Eminem owned him, man. <laughs> I think they went toe to toe. There's this perception that Eminem ate Jay Z on that track. I think they went toe for toe. It's only because right. no one expected anyone to be on Jay Z's level on that kind of track. And then when Eminem was. It felt like a win. All right, and that's part of the element, and I get that. Yeah, I get that totally. But what I'm also saying is, yeah, sometimes, like you said, and you put your bars down, he puts his bars down. You know, sometimes you've got to kind of respect man's craft, and he he went out, he put work in. He, you know what I mean, the the element was he's on Jay Z's track, and he had to do good. It's the same situation. Have you heard Eminem's latest album? Uh, music to be killed to. Yeah. So on his album, he's got the 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 the, um, the song with um, Young M.A. Young M.A. You beast, bro. Well, what you want, bro? But you know what I'm saying? She killed him on that track. She killed him. Now, Young M.A. is not a joke, bro. She's a spitter. She killed him, but Eminem still published the shit because even in his interview, he said, "Yo, she was fire." So sometimes you got to take. I don't know if you remember hearing about this, but someone got spun on a track here and fully took man off it. Oh, your boy LL did that. <laughs> fully took the man off the track, you know. Your boy LL took that. He did that. <laughs> Why is he my boy now? Anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that point in a minute. Come on. Talk to me about your number five, bro. Are we getting into the top five here? Yeah, we're getting into right, the top um, five. What about your number five, right, bro? Yo, listen, this, this, this is all about everything comes into it. The beast, the lyricism, who the MCs are, their status in the game at that time. And, and, could you play that song today and let it ride? You know what I'm saying? So... You. Right, you know what, yeah? What? Right, you know what? Talk about this in a minute, one no, thing, I'm, yes. Bro, I, why one you? Why thing, you keep trying to paint me as this guy? Once again, enough. <laughs> you know what? Let's go. Number five. Talk to me. Number five. <laughs> Number five. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the anti up remix, Mash Out Posse, MOP. Okay. Now, for those of you that have heard this track, you already know what time it is. But was, if on. you haven't, yo, they 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 went hard, like. This is fighting the club music, basically. Mosh, mosh pitting. Aggressive mosh pitting. Yeah. 
And now you've got some of the the most angry rappers, MOP themselves already angry. You put Buster Rhymes in there. You put um, Remy in there. Yeah. Like this is old Remy Martin, like way back. That song there make you want to just grab someone and get to slapping them in the face. And I will say it was it, it was multicultural because that that switched that genre that crossed over, didn't it? It crossed over that genre. That that rap song actually crossed over to people that was in to heavy metal and rock and goth types. So it kind of it, it captured both the rap world and the different genre itself. Yeah, man. And think about what they're saying in the hook. Kidnap that fool, bro. <laughs> I'm talking about Robbie. Like, I think these probably they were probably it, it might, it will be one of the top three guys I know that did rap. And um, you know that like you got guys in, in, in that all do this music now and they say they're on the road. These guys was about that life, like and just. Oh, rap. this is what you man don't understand. Back in the '90s, and bear in mind, I was still a youth back then, like a legit youth. One thing was understood. If you turn on a rap track, you're listening to a criminal. Yeah, absolutely. All He's them man were criminals. About, about that life. About that life. So give me your number five, bro. What you got? Okay, my number five is not as vintage. Um, I went with a uh, one train by ASAP Rocky. Now. The reason why I went through this is for two things. You know, at first I didn't really rate the way ASAP Rocky was on tracks and stuff like that. But as he came with it, he started to get better and better. He started to impress me. But on top of this, you've got lyricists that are underground that are phenomenal artists. And probably a lot of people might know about. So you've got Kendrick Lamar, which everyone knows about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got Joey Badass, Action Bronson, Danny Brown. Big Crit and Yellow Wolf, yeah. So that's a lot of guys. Now, like I said, I'm not gonna go too much into it. You know what I mean? Like I said, this tune for me, like it's got all the punk lines, all the all the all the metaphors you can imagine. It goes dark into it. It comes commercial. It's it's fantastic for me. It's fantastic. So, can it be played now? Absolutely. Could it be played then? Hmm. Not in the yeah, mainstream. I, I was I was bumping one train. Wasn't not it? not twenty thirteen, twenty twelve, something like that. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's a it's a fantastic track. I absolutely love it. It is a bit long. If you're not listen, if you're not one of those that listens to everything or every like every song all the way to the end, then probably not for you. But yeah, it absolutely. is. It is semi long, but each verse wasn't over long though. I think there were like a minute maximum of 45 yeah. seconds. Yeah. So, you know, so Each it's really... came in, did work, boom, 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 got out. Sick. Like, that was my first sort of reckoning with Action Bronson. That yeah. was the first time I became aware of him. Obviously, he started beefing with Ghostface a couple years ago and that, but <sighs> that was a funny situation still. Mm. So, go on, number four. Now you got number four, bro. You got it. Right now, my, my number four, you know, uh, and people forget about these guys. It's um, a Master P, um, Silk the Shocker, Mystic, Mystical. Yes, I see where you're yeah. going with this one. Make him say 
Yo, come on, there's not anyone that can sit there and say, you know, at one stage of time, you didn't think that so- No Limit Records was going to take over this whole situation. Bro, they had the world in their palms at one point. Right. The whole situation. Master P built something from the ground up. Yeah, you know what I mean? Obviously, Silk the Shocker, his brother's a madman. <laughs> you know what I mean? T-Murder. T-Murder, you know? Um... Me, uh, okay, twisted. Snoop was on de- um on No Limit at some point. Absolutely, yeah, he was. He was. He had the gold tank on the chain, bro. Yeah, he had the gold tank on the chain. So you know, in the in those in the, in the in the late nineties or the early nineties, Silk Silk Shocker Master P and all that it was running the place record, and that tune was a jumper. Every, now everyone knows, obviously, now No Limit are not in that entity in terms of the music on the mainstream. But don't think so. Don't think that um, Master P ain't making money. <laughs> don't think that for a second this guy ain't oh, making that money. Man owns publishing for some people you wouldn't even imagine. Exactly. This guy's what up? What up? Like, bro, like if you if if you've never heard the track, I beg, I beg you go and listen. Make just go to YouTube, Spotify, whatever. Master P, make him say. I Rip bet him. you 15 minutes from when you first threw on that song, you're running around your own yard. Oh, mate. Go off. Yeah, Silk the Shocker had a banger as well with the Aim My Fault. Remember that? Yep. Silk the Shocker was a. Uh, he's unique, man. <laughs> he was unique. I'm going to say that. Yeah. He was unique. So my number four, uh, this 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 was like, what? Honest to God, one of the biggest tracks by an artist you've probably all forgotten about or never heard of. Like obviously the remix is bigger, which is this version I'm talking about. But even the original, yeah, original, original. Um, Craig Macchio, Flavor in Your Ear remix. You know what? I love that song up to now, you know. That could never get old to me. That song like, could never. And for you younger guys, for those of you that don't pay attention, you've heard this instrumental somewhere. All over. It, it's been recycled so many times. And the so, um, it's name? I, fuck, I almost forgot Jennifer Lopez's name, you know. J Lo. What's it yeah. called? Um, Ain't It Funny Remix with Ja Rule. Yeah. You know the one where Ja Rule comes in? It must. Be the ass. They got me like that. You know that track? Yeah. That's what's flavor in your ear, right there. Go on, talk to me about it, man. Flavor in your ear, like it. First of all, let's talk about Craig Mack. How did he not blow up? You know that was a that was that was that was a hard one, that because I mean he was in the label of the moment as well. You know. But what would you do though? Let me ask you, what would you do? You got Biggie on the label with you. Mm. You want to compete with that though, right? How do you compete? It's not about competing, they're different lanes. Yeah, you're right. But then you still got to impress. Bro, what do you mean? But everyone at the time knew who Craig Mack was. And no, Craig hey, Mack. I fuck with, yo, I fucked with Craig Mack. Listen to what I'm saying. 
I, I mess with him, innit? Craig Mack is is the guy, but you see, you know, that's one of those situations there, innit? You know, the ones you're talking about people murdering on your own beat. Like Biggie came in and actually destroyed everyone. Came in and actually, bro, like, like uh, you know, uh, Biggie's verse was. Yeah, but no is mad. I get more butt than ash tray. Fuck a fair one to get mine the fast way. Ski mask way. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. You know what I mean? Obviously, you got here. We had Hello Guji coming in with his little smooth element. You know what I mean? And then you got Buster Rhymes that just has about sixty thousand different styles, man. You know what I mean? Flavor in your ass, Creaser. <laughs> and Rampage was in it as well. We forgot Rampage. Rampage, bro. <laughs> yeah. Rampage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rampage was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One let down, yeah. One let down. Yeah, let- bro. Uh, okay, but check it, yo. Like seriously, in all seriousness, Craig Mack should have been bigger than Jay Z. It's a bold statement, man. Bro. I said what I said, bro. I said, yeah. Nah, he was a good. It's, it's fortunate for him that he couldn't obviously start or kick off properly. But that's how it goes. Yeah, but yeah, four, definitely for the memory book. Absolutely. Uh, my my number three. Um, this this is a tough, tough, tough track. Like, let's start with the production, Swiss Beats. Yeah. When you hear the first couple of strings of the uh, the instrumental, you already know what time it is. You know, mm-hmm. and the lineup as well. Nature, Big Pun, Cameron, Jada, Styles. Of course, it's banned from TV by Nori. Yo, that, you know what? That album is, you know, it's actually on my playlist now, actually. Band from TV is a fire track, 1000%. I, I especially, I especially loved um, the way, you know, Styles and Jada, the way they do their butt, their four bars each. Yeah. I love, I love the flip. I love the flip. It, that, that's the locks, isn't it? It's the locks. That's what they've yeah. been doing. Yeah, I, I love that shit. I love that shit. Sorry, sorry. What do they call it? No, it's not the locks anymore. Um, D block. Where was she looching all of this, by the way? Hey, she, you know what? But it goes like that, innit? She features in some stuff, but some stuff he can't, because he can't do that back to back thing, innit? He's, it, that's not him, innit? That's them two, innit? That's the thing, innit? That's what they do, though, innit? Bro, it is what it is, man. You can't fight that. That's what they do, innit? Yo, that's that same situation there, dude. Lula, I live bad movie. That's just still funny to this day. But yo, Band from TV is one banger, bro. Go check it out. You know what? Let me tell you actually what's going to happen. Here's what I'm going to do. Cool. I'm going to make a playlist with these tracks here that we're talking about on Spotify. If you're on Apple Music, cause I don't know what to tell you. Pete, for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make a track on Spotify, and what you man can do, suggest tracks that we can add to the playlist. I'll make it public. Well, I don't. Then you can suggest tracks that we can add to the playlist, and then I'll, I'll put them in there. We can all get down to the music, bro. So get at me. Like, DM me. Men- like, get at whatever you do. At Coach MGM or get a case, development case. You know, so that, that that's that's what well, we're crowdsourcing 
a banger of a playlist here. You get me? Let's make it happen. All, All right, right. So my, what's your number three? My number three has already been spoken about. It was actually flavoring your ear. Um, oh, so we'll move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely flavoring your ear. So we'll move on from that. Okay, but staying in that area of these Puerto Ricos. Okay. Um, Fat, Fat Joe, John Blaze. So, for those who don't know, John Blaze, you had Raekwon, you had. I forgot myself. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it was Raekwon, the Don, Jada Kiss, Nas, Big Pun. Big Pun. Um, who else was in there? Obviously, Fat Joe. <laughs> Yeah, man. Was this was this Flojo or Don Cartagena? Don Cartagena had Nas as well. There you go. I knew I forgot yeah, someone. Man, those, those were both tough albums. Like Flojo era was something else, bro. The album was banging. Um, the whole the, the whole thing. But people don't get it right, and I'm gonna say this now. People, you see that you got like Nas and Jade and all that. You understand? You know the like one of the originals that smart rap shit. As Ghostface, Raekwon, Raekwon never made things that simple, but you really have to think about his shit. You know what I mean? The way he used to spit his, uh, the way he, when he used to spit his, his bars, like you used to never, you never used to understand it. Look at it, my son, cool out, don't beef yo, throw the tool out, let the run these niggas kidnap the workout, move out, crush hands, what crush hands, what crush crush hands like glass. Keep the heat in the dash. Just, just, <laughs> I can't remember that. Did some dirt for oh, the Oh, man. Listen to this. The flicker blocker, wicked sneaker, rocker footwear. This <laughs> 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 is like, yeah. up, up joints, rack them like foot locker. This is war. Like, fuck kid, represent. Yo, I'm telling you now, J. John, John Blaze, Joe Cartagena's album, 1998. Yeah, straight away, listen to that. Bang, absolute banger. I couldn't even get the word out. This guy was too hard for me. Now, Raycon is a serious business, bro. Like, I'm, get, I'm getting stupid nostalgia right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's almost like I just want to start playing the track. I'm going to put little snippets of each track in there, you know what I mean? Um, so. I don't know how, but we skipped your number three. Oh, your number three was uh, flavor in your ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. That was your number two. My number two. Um, and I'm starting to notice a trend here, by the way. Some of these guys are showing up multiple times. Hey, if you're nice, you're nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, man. So, number two for me is... LL Cool J, Method Man, Red Man, Cannabis... DMX, Master P, four, three, two, one. That was a banger. That was a banger on its own, like before the beef. And you know what? I feel like the even a better version, even cannabis, kind of how everyone's looking at it. They look at it different, isn't it? Some people might say that he's giving, sending homage. Some people say he's sending for man in it. You make up your decision in it. Well, I, I I looked at his homage when he said, "I take the mic off your arm." That's what it is, but people not looking at it like that. But you know what? This Wyclef instigated that shit, you know. 
Wycliffe got some history with doing this shit, you know. He's an instigator, bro. He instigated that shit big time, bro. But the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uh, look, this is this is one of the toughest, toughest tracks I've ever heard in my life. Everyone was good on it. Everyone. And you know what the thing is? I thought Master P might have been out of it a little bit when he went in there, but he actually represented, bro. Because obviously Let, he came let's, like, let's not forget that Master P was never like the top lyricist. No. But the fact that he hung with these men on this track, you know, he wasn't he wasn't major league outclassed. No. Fire shouts to him. Shouts to yeah, him. Yeah, man. Um, that that is yeah. Get to listening. It's gonna be on the playlist. Watch out for that. <laughs> um, it's about that time. Number one, yo. Right. So my number one or your number one? Is that your number? Your number one. Okay, my number one is for me. It's this. It's the song that started all this shit with the posse cuts. And let me, oh, let me, let me check something. This is Buster Rhymes' third appearance on my list. You know, on this track. That's popular. Um, a trap called Quest, the scenario remix. Okay. In my opinion, this is the original Posse Cut. It is, actually. You're absolutely right with that. Right Think with of that. who you had on this track. Obviously, um, this is from the Low End Theory album. A Tribe Called Quest. Yes, you have to say the whole thing every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little Easter egg for you people out there. Shout out to the people that watch Boondocks. But A Tribe Called Quest... Um, you had who else you had on the track? Buster Rhymes, who he still had that stupid Diggable Planet flow. Uh, was it Diggable Planet? Yeah, which by the way, his first major solo single that was a hit. Put your hands with your eyes, can put your hands where my eyes can see. He was literally told by Diddy specifically for that track yo stop shouting on the track bro come and switch up his story now now look what he, he's so versatile and obviously people who know Buster Rhymes now you know him for that staccato flow that stupid fast flow that he's got he's um, got different crazy this guy yeah man he's had that from day um Q-Tip is immortal bro this guy he's he's never gonna go away no, but and then he also comes from that other side of rap, you know, that kind of how can I put it? There's only a few he's of them that's in it. from back in the day. Yeah, but he's that element. So him and uh, Talib Kweli, you know those kind of rappers there. Backpack like, like rappers. Yeah. And and who's the other one? Roots. Roots as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, these guys. Yeah. Right. Well, I love that. Five Dog Kid Hood. Oh, rest in peace to five, yo. Yeah, I love these guys, man. It brings you back and it makes you think about where it all started. And this is my sister that put me up on this, because obviously at that damn time, I was too young to have any kind of musical taste. Let's just be real with it. Um, but I listened to what she listened to and I got into it, man. I love this track to this day. If, if nothing else, if nothing else, just go and listen to Buster's verse on this, and tell me if you don't spend the next half hour just busting out laughing. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that today as well, man. Take a trip down memory lane. All right, man. 
who's your top dog? Uh, my top dog right now, and I'll be honest with you, it's it's uh, it's absolutely it's actually it's actually actually Rick Ross and Power Circle Ooh. featuring Rick Ross, and it's called Power Circle, and this is featuring Kendrick Lamar, Meat Mills, Wale. Starley and Gunplay. Now the only person on this track that probably shouldn't have been there was Gunplay because this guy is a bit nuts. Yeah. Gunplay ain't got no bars, bro. <laughs> this is what happens when you bring road men and put them on music and you know? it gets a bit political like that. You know, like you got that guy that says, "Let me jump on this in it," and you put him on because he's, he's notorious in the ends. He's just like, "Cool, I'll put you on the track in it." <laughs> it was one of them. <laughs> it was one of them situations. <laughs> There's one of them situations there Because after that song All I know The next thing I saw Is him beefing at some event And he's warring with someone I think it was Was it 50 Cent? Yes it was And you know what I've never understood About Gunplay Is his fucking dreads How you only got three dreads? Bro he tried to rub his CO Like his probation officer Sorry Like This guy's sick in his head So anyway (laughs) Gunplay apart (laughs) Gunplay apart Sally, um, I've, I've loved his stuff. Um, so on this track and especially on Fountain of Youth, um, he speaks deep. You know what I mean? And this stuff is quite sentimental. Wale is Wale. You know what it's like. When he first started out, I didn't like him at all. You know, when he came out that first song with what's her name? Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, what are you doing? But then after that, he kind of found his way. Um, comes from a new era of those backpacker rappers, I'd say. A new era. Um, I just want to say something off what you just said. I don't care what you say. No. Like if you listen to the track without the hook, that Lady Gaga track is fire. You know. Fuck all. Fuck all. Fuck all that. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Fuck all that. <laughs> there must be a version on YouTube without the hook. Go and listen to it again. I will. I will. I will. Just and I, you know what? And I will. Pop, I will publicly post something when I say when I watch it. When I listen to it, yeah. Then you got Beat Mills, you know what I mean? In and out of the limelight for right and wrong reasons, right and wrong reasons. And then you got Kendrick Lamar. I don't need to say any more about this guy. This guy is special. Top dog entertainment. Special. This guy is special. We ain't had a Kendrick track in a minute. No project, no album, nothing. He's, you know, he's, I haven't think- realized because. You know, for one, I don't listen to Rihanna anyway, but I hadn't realized how long it was since she dropped the project. Yeah, I mean, some of these people, they decide to become more feature artists, isn't it? For a little while, like Kendrick, feature artists. You know how much money you can make by a feature artist to say, yeah, listen, man, I need a million for my verse. Well, I mean, we're talking about Lil Wayne in the middle 2000s, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you couldn't turn on the radio and not hear Lil Wayne on someone's track. That's how it goes. Sometimes you just become a feature artist and get popping, get it popping, isn't it? Yeah, rest in peace to the ultimate feature artist of all time. This is what he did, Nate Dog. Yeah, absolutely. What's a Nate Dog track? There is none. <laughs> I mean, you got feet. nobody does it better. <sighs> See, even when you hear that, though, you still think. Regulator, he's a feature artist, even though he starts, he's actually his track. So we're yeah, he's, you half, know what? he's literally half of the track. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, 
I don't know. Nate Dog. Rest in peace. Yeah, his style was just something else, bro. Alright, so we've completed that. Just to recap, uh, just, a, just a quick one. Yeah. You know the Wu Tang Clan? Yeah. Can you name them all, like, off, off rip? No. All the original oh, yeah. ones. I can I can give you a couple. Let me see what I've got. I've got Rizza, Jizza, Spectre Deck, Method. Is it You God? Am I saying that right? Yeah, You God. You God. And then you lost me. Oh, Raekwon, um, Ghostface Killer. And then you lost me. Bro, like, you rem- don't, don't you know the track, right? There's an easy way to remember these guys. Go on. Like, from the, what was it? From the slums of Shaolin, Wu-Tang Clan strikes again. The RZA, the Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Inspector Deck, Raekwon the Chef, U-God, Ghostface Killer, and M-E-T-H-O-D, man. How can I forget ODB? Oh, yeah. Well, that's not bad. R-I-P. I got one wrong. R.I.P. R.I.P. I got one wrong. That's not bad. Don't you remember that track? I do. I do. I do. I just don't have the patience for it anymore. one of the weirdest intros to a track I've ever heard in my life. These guys were talking about something. Wild oh, shit. Oh, I'll tie you to a fucking bedpost with your ass cheeks spread out and shit, right? Wow. On fucking stove and let that shit sit there for like half an hour. Take it off and stick it in your ass slow, like. Yeah, I stab your ass with a rusty screwdriver. Blah! So I put a pole in your mouth to keep feeding. Feeding. So your ass together. It's so sick, brothers, you know. Right, so to recap. Uh, mine's was uh, at five. I had one train ASAP Rocky, four Master P, make it say uh, three flavor in the air remix, two fat Joe John Blaze, and number one Power Circle by MMG. Greg, yours was uh, at number five. Oh, I almost forgot this track as well. Number five, Anti Up Remix, MOP, the Mash Out Posse. Number four was the Flavor in Your Ear Remix by Craig Mack. Number three, Banned from TV by N-O-R-E. Uh, 4321 at number two for me by LL Cool J. And my top posse cut was the Scenario Remix, A Tribe Called Quest from the Low End Theory album. Amazing, amazing. Uh, so good music there. We'll get the playlist started. And we're at as we go along. We're at as we go along. Yeah, and I need to get off the timeline for about a couple of days, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, I saw something uh, just last night, actually, that pissed the man off, you know. Go on. Um, I'm not even sure I follow this guy, but I wouldn't be surprised if I do, because, you know, basketball world. Um, former NBA player Steven Jackson, he went online and posted a video. He was talking about his situation. Um, and, you know, matter of fact, I'll, I'll drop a snippet of what he said. No. Paid millions and millions and millions of dollars in child support. You dig what I'm saying? And still don't see my kids. F42, my kids in high school and in college. But peep this out. I'm saying this to say, find one woman, love her, have kids with her and build your family. Because having kids by multiple women can destroy your life. I've been having three out of my five trying to destroy my life since the beginning of time. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I pay millions in child support and still don't see my kids. Because a bit of baby mama ruins black men just as much as the police or just as much as, as anybody. Um, so that's what he had to say about the situation right there. Basically, he's saying he's got children by five different women. Now, he didn't say he's got five kids. He said he's got children by five different women. Could be more. Different ages, college age, high school age, younger kids. And he's saying that three of them only live to make his life hell. They take his money, but he can't see his kids. And he's owning his part in that situation. He's saying, I lay with them. I take responsibility for, you know, what I contributed to these situations. But don't have women with multiple women because some of these women will ruin your life. And first things first i do believe what he's saying is very correct because i don't know if you remember the movie lottery ticket with bow wow um there's literally a situation in that movie after everyone finds out that he's basically about to become a millionaire where like the the girl in the hood that's with everybody she's trying to make him get her pregnant and stuff like that so she can make a come up like there, there are people out there like that no, there is. No. You're right. You're but right. Worse than anything else is some of the responses I saw underneath his tweet. Like, it's no one wants to take sort of ownership of what he's actually talking about. They're just fixating on the fact that he used the phrase "bitter black women," which, look, listen, there is such a thing, you know. No, there is. No, no, no I agree with you. There is. Um... I agree with like most of what you say. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. You probably might have could have worded it a little better, but in the whole collective of it, um, it, it seems to be that it could, there are people out there, like you said, absolutely that is, and it, um, it's disappointing that people make that their life work, you know, to to make someone's uh, life difficult. However, Greg, and I will say this, they're coming from experience. Um, unless it's fully legally binding that you can't see your child, then you can't say you can't see your child. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, I hear what you're saying, but there's also another situation where, try and remember this, Stephen Jackson is a black man in America. Can he really pull up to his baby mom's house, phone in, text and whatever, like, I'm outside, I want to see my kid. All she has to do is pick up the phone and say, there's a black man outside my house harassing me. I'm scared. What's next? Right. And, and in this present day, you know what I mean? The reaction would be probably a bad one for, for, for him. And I agree with you on that sense. But I'm saying if you're willing to, to, to if you're willing to go through the necessary procedure, then, because you know what? You know what I mean? He's saying it himself and that he's, he's spending millions of dollars on the kids and stuff like that. That, as long as, it's, as long as it's paper trail, there's no reason why they would stop it unless he's got something that is stopping him from actually doing that in that way. And then he's come to this down to the level where he says, okay, let's try to find a happy medium where we can have an agreement. And then they become that that person. Or, like you said, the other side of it is they've chosen to be this lifestyle of taking the money, living the life, and not giving no rewards. You know what I'm saying? So obviously not understanding the full scenario now unless you're coming out of an abusive situation i see no good reason that i can imagine right now as i sit here why anybody should 
ever play this stupid game of denying people access to their children if they want to see them. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that they don't realize that they're not affecting. They're affecting the child. Like you're affecting the child, and you're denying the child of the correct upbringing that is required. No, I'm not gonna give them a pass like that and say that they don't. They fucking realize, bro. They don't care. No. Okay. Fair enough. Let me reword. Yeah. They don't care, and they're choosing to take this. This, 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 this choice to, to al- al- take away their, their, their upbringing in the right manner. Like for me, and I'm again, I'm saying this as someone in a particular who's been in an experience like this. You know what I mean? No matter what you and that woman goes through, should never play an impact on what you're trying to do for that child. You know what I mean? It should never play an impact on it. You know, I won't go into the ins and outs of what I've been through, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. And I'm not going to sit there and say it was one sided, but it wasn't enough to say, no, you can't see your child. And people that do that. And again, like I said, abuse is one thing, you know, your, your safety, your security, your peace of mind, all important. But spiteful actions, bro, like. I, I feel like people that play those kind of games should be in prison. Like, think about it. A person who misses child support payments and there's <laughs> such an, a, a distance behind with those kind of things, they can be imprisoned, right? It's an illegal, it's a, it's an illegal situation. And yes, you should what, happens, what happens for people that are denying access to kids for no good right. reason? What happens to them? I'm saying on the other side of that spectrum, that should be someone should be reprimanded for not holding their their criteria. You got guys out there that will get a woman pregnant and not think too too petty. They don't even care. Like you know what I mean? It is what it is. I'll still do me. I'll still do my life, knowing that a kid out there don't give a fuck. But then you got guys guys that are willing and want to spend time want to spend time with their children that get denied, breaking their necks, bro, and they get denied. You know they get denied. And I think that's wrong, and that's a crime. That's a crime in itself. You know what I mean? It's a, for me, uh, it's, it's nothing that I've ever experienced. I've never had it around me, but I see it. Like I see it happening to different people. I see it in just like news, etc., stuff like that, whatever. And it's sick, bro. It's sick. Yeah, it shouldn't happen, man. People out there, and like I said, they got caught up in the whole phrase phrasing of what he said that's just you escaping the topic because there are people out there that literally make a career out of being baby factories for people like this case in point so there was a story that i seen and of course you never know if these things are actually true but apparently there was this guy was like scrooge mcduck rich like rich rich Mm. and he was staying in a hotel he had his bank statement on the table yeah for whatever reason just there and the cleaner in the hotel came she's cleaning she sees this man's bank statement meanwhile this don's got a used condom in the bin yeah she grabs up that condom does what she does to impregnate himself has this man's child makes claims for child support on this man and the court backs it so now so this he's like, was on the hook for like I think the number they put out there was like three million dollars in back payment for child support for a kid he played no part in creating. Matter of fact, this was straight theft. 
Wow. And you know what? This is where the system gets down the, the fathers. The system gets down the fathers. Because any woman, and I'm not... You know what? Any woman can go out there and say, this guy is the father to my child. And do you know that the government, even in this country, will accept that claim and start banking that and start making that guy pay? And even if he turns around and proves that it's not his child, he doesn't get that money back. You will. He will not get that money back. But you need to run man his peas, you know. They were not giving that money back. The argument will be, that's not my child. Can you prove it? Do you ever take a pair of tennis tests or whatever? They'll take the test, they'll demonstrate it and say, okay, cool, we'll stop the claim. Where's my money back? No, we can't give that back. You don't get it back. You've been paying for a kid that's not yours, but you won't get your money back. Yeah, you're going to have to fight me. And you have to understand, you're dealing with operatives that are on the other side of the phone. So they'll give the most cheek and the most attitude about it, knowing that you can't find them. Who can't? Well, I'm just saying, like, the modern day person. <laughs> <laughs> the modern day person. But the other side of saying, we've failed. The guys have failed by the government in that situation. You know what I mean? If you're going to do it that way, then at least make sure that you tick all the boxes. You know what I mean? Dot all the I's, cross all the T's. No. And I get it. You know, it, obviously there's some bum ass niggas out here that are not taking care of job. Not at all. But why should that have to be a blanket situation for everyone else? It doesn't need to be that way, man. Women, guys, yeah, we have to buck up our ideas in terms of certain situations. But women, you can't be using, you know, what I mean, y- your children as a chess piece, man. Using them as a straight pawn. Man, again, if it wasn't a Christian? If it wasn't, hey, you'd be not, you don't have to be a Christian for the day. I release you of your commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Man said 24 hour excommunication, go. Excommunication, 24 hour John Wick situation, my bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Bro, I'm not gonna lie, Sammy got carried away this week, you know? We kind of did, didn't we? But, hey, it's all in a good cause. It's all in a good situation, man. You know what I mean? It's been fantastic this week, Greg. Absolutely. I'm going to say that. We had a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, man. Hey, I think it's, 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 it's getting to a point now where I think we've established a good flow. It might be time to start bringing in our first guest. I think so. We've got on the pipeline. Uh, we'll keep that on tuck until it happens you get me but there's a couple people in in contention um a few shout out to all of you who reached out by the way man straight up appreciate it um i'm gonna say now and be completely honest i've not looked at the numbers yet i still don't want to but I'll, i'll get there i'll get there but yeah nah man shout out to all of you guys listening and taking the time out giving us feedback speaking back on it man we really appreciate it you know and keep doing it man we, you know I mean? your vibes makes us stronger so yeah thank you yeah man and that listen you got anything to contribute positive negative indifferent whatever hit us up man we want all of it you know help the pod directly that's at them man there underscore pod on twitter myself is at coach mgm case Myself is at development case. You know, we're, we're active, man. We're both active, so you, you, you'll get something out of both of us if you come out. Like, so 
definitely appreciate you guys listening every week and appreciate the feedback you're giving us, man. Well, this is your show, man. We're just over here talking shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but that's been another week of Dem Man Dem with Greg and Case, man. Signing out. This your boy, Greg. This your boy, Case. Peace out. Peace out.